You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Go 24-7 podcast. Thanks for listening with us on this Veterans Day as LSU beat Bama over the weekend. We're going to put a little bit of a wrap on that. The 46-41 win over the Tide, the first since 2011 for the Tigers. LSU head coach Ed Ogeron met with the media on Monday. Some players picked up some accolades over the weekend. And also LSU kind of facing some issues on the offensive line as the Tigers enter their matchup with Ole Miss as 20-point favorites. I'm Billy Ambody with me to talk about it all. Shay Dixon. Shay, everybody's uh, pretty nice on this Monday in Baton Rouge. Everybody in a good mood, very happy, rolling with uh, that win from the weekend. Oh, yeah. I mean, everybody on our board is uh, is pumped. If you're a member uh, of the site, you know that everybody's been excited uh, really since Saturday about a kickoff uh, through now. And uh, look, behind uh, Arkansas, who has a coaching search, uh, Good 24-7 has uh, grown the most uh, of any 24-7 site since Saturday. So shameless, not so shameless plug. You can still get, what, VIP access, Billy, for a dollar uh, to carry you through the rest of the season. That'll get you two months. Um, deal you can't beat. We're not we're not doing too bad uh, when we're showing up number two behind a team where everybody's looking for the news of who they're hiring for their next coach. Yeah, you can get two months for the price of just a buck. That carries you all the way through the early signing period, through the college football playoff, all of those things that we'll be covering for you guys on Go 24-7, as well as uh, basketball season. Basketball season's here, and the early signing period for college basketball begins this week, too. So plenty of uh, news to come from Will Wade and the Tigers on the recruiting front as well. Shay, big just win. I guess maybe some final thoughts from you on the win now that we've kind of had some time to digest it and... and uh, you know, look back on this, this just historic win. Yeah. I mean, I think a couple of things beyond obviously just winning that, that stick with me, a it's clear that LSU's scheme uh, and kind of what they've gone to on offense is, is not, you know, it's here to stay. They won't have burrow for, you know, beyond this year, they won't have these receivers forever, but uh, moving away from the offense that LSU fans have been used to for, throughout the whole last miles year. And, and obviously they had a, a couple coordinator switches right thereafter. Uh, they seem to be pretty geared, uh, geared up and settled in. And uh, we even heard Nick Saban say that uh, LSU threw a lot of things at them that they did not, had not seen. And uh, whether it was guys like Jamar Chase uh, and Jefferson lining up at running back or how they were stacking their receivers um, it was you know, evident that, that LSU had some things in their back pocket. And I'll say this, too, and Orgeron mentioned it. He, he gave kudos uh, because last week he said the game's going to be one of the trenches, uh, and it typically is in a battle like that. Uh, and he gave kudos to his O-line and D-line. But, man, I haven't seen, and just kind of listening to, you know, Alabama writers and, and you know, people on their board who obviously watch every game, it's not often that Bama gets out physical. Uh, and LSU just brought it to them from start to finish. Uh, and were able to run the football, and uh, obviously Najee Harris got after him uh, in the third quarter especially, and, and down the stretch, but uh, still they put pressure on Tua defensively. Um, the D-line got plenty of push on on the O-line. You know, there were guys like Leatherwood and them played really well, but uh, that said, I, I think one thing that kind of sticks with me beyond LSU winning is that 
there wasn't sort of a lot of, you know, smoke and mirrors with it. I mean, they, they knew what they were going to do on offense and, and they brought the physicality right at a team like Alabama, who's been known for so long to just out physical people. Yeah, no question about that. I, I think for me, when listening to Ed talk today, what stood out to me was just how confident they were going in. And, and we heard a little bit of that in the post game saying, look, you know, we're getting on the plane, guys. You're the better football team, going to win and all those things. But when he talked about Steve Insminger and Joe Brady and the plan they put together and then how he reflected on, on the ride back with, with Steve Insminger, they sit next to each other on the plane, just that reaction that they had when they got off the, the plane, you can tell that when they look back on this win, they know how special it is. You can see that in his post-game speech, the, the one that got out and the one that uh, LSU posted, just how, how much it means to them. And, and so I think, I think that, that stood out to me the most. I mean, sometimes after all the years of Alabama beating LSU, the team that, and Jacoby Stevens talked about this after the game, the team that wanted it more just, just won out. And I think that's something that can't really be understated as they kind of go through these last three games of the regular season and as they enter the college football playoff. This is a team that certainly hasn't been in this position, but they're, they're kind of will to, and Joe Burrow talked about saying, look, we're going to play bigger games again uh, after this one, after playing really, I mean, the game of his life uh, so far against Alabama and leading them to the win and, and Clyde Edwards Elair being from Baton Rouge and how much it meant to him that you can just tell there's a lot more going on, I think, than just plugging in a great offensive coordinator and, and, and pairing him with, with, with Joe Brady together with, with those two coaching up Joe Brady, uh, Joe Burrow that has kind of changed this. This is a total buy-in and I think it's going to benefit them down, down the stretch. Yeah, I mean, I think it's evident that the marriage between Brady and Insminger has worked, and we've known it all year, right? I mean, we've seen that they've uh, worked so well together, whether it was uh, the install of, of the new philosophy and, and system, which Brady is obviously credited for, or uh, Colin plays, which has been uh, Insminger's duty, obviously. And, in, you know, Orgeron said, look, Insminger says, uh, Brady, get in here, call plays with me. You know, he throws plays in uh, each game throughout the game. Uh, and Orgeron praised those guys for being able to do that. Uh, what, I mean, he said it how many times now, Billy, that Insminger has sort of no care in the world other than LSU football winning. And, and that's been evident. And um, we'll talk about it more in the pod, but I think that's going to ultimately pay off for uh, the future of LSU with Joe Brady and, and keeping him around beyond uh, the nine games he's been on staff so far. And uh, when you throw in a quarterback like Burrow, uh, I don't think you could have kind of wished for a, a more perfect storm. I think Burrow was the one who called it that. He said, and me getting here and Brady being here and Insmeer calling plays and us having, you know, this improved O-line and these receivers all back from a year ago. And then obviously the emergence of Clyde is really a perfect storm. I mean, you can't currently draw up a weakness on LSU's offense. I think that was one thing, Billy, that Saban said after the game that sort of stood out to me. He said, let me make it clear right now. There wasn't much more we could have done defensively versus LSU because they don't have any weaknesses. There was nothing that we felt like we left out there that we didn't do because we attacked them in every way we knew. It was just that they know how to execute and they've got the players to do it. Yeah, and speaking of the players to do it, Joe, Joe Burrow and Clyde edwards Elair named SEC Players of the Week. Joe Burrow was named the National Walter Camp Player of the Week for their performances. So again, the accolades continue to roll in for this team and, and really 
especially Burrow, but, but Clyde Edwards-Elair deserves a ton of praise for the way he played, just super clutch against Alabama. But Burrow, the, the odds came out on Monday, uh, 1 to 10. I think I read that right. I'm, a, I'm, I'm not a huge odds guy. But basically, Joe Burrow is going to win the Heisman Trophy. Yeah, and well, look, let's start with Clyde. I mean, kudos again, as you said, co-SEC Offensive Player of the Week. Um, he had four touchdowns in that game, right at 200 total uh, or all-purpose yards, yards, I should say. I think he had 199, but uh, you'll give him one extra yard there for the performance he had. And Ed Orgeron's been around 35 years is what he was talking about today in college football. And uh, we know everybody is coached at LSU, obviously, but you throw in guys like Warren Sapp and Reggie Bush and everybody he had um, under him on, on the D-line at Miami. And then obviously when he was coaching at USC and he's had stops at Tennessee and Ole Miss, and he said that he's never seen a single game performance as good as Clyde's. Uh, and it's tough to, for us to disagree with that. I mean, how many yards after contact uh, did he get in that game? The spin move for the touchdown. Uh, Billy, you were right there in the corner of the end zone. You tweeted a great video of it. But uh, the catch and then the run. Uh, into the end zone where he shrugged off a couple of guys at the end of the game, the catch right before halftime, uh, obviously diving over uh, the pile uh, or the line of scrimmage on the thought, you know, right after the Thaddeus Moss catch at the one yard line, he was just great. And then blocking. I mean, he was great from start to finish and without Clyde, they don't win that football game. They've got all the receivers. They've got Burrow. They've got Inzman and Brady. They their defense came to play, but, uh, if you don't have Clyde in that game, you're not winning. Uh, and I agree with Orgeron that uh, I don't know what Orgeron's 35 years have been like, but uh, for us, as long as we've been covering this beat, that was one of the best single game performances we've seen. Uh, then you turn it over to Burrow. Unless he falls flat on his face and LSU's losing games down the stretch, he's going to win the Heisman. And it's, you know, we've been in a spot similar to this, not the exact same when everybody thought Fournette would win the Heisman. Uh, and then he went out and played Bama, and Bama won, and he ran for 30-something yards. And uh, that wasn't uh, kind of the feeling that you were going into the Bama game with. You knew that Joe would play well. It was just a matter of if they would win, because if they didn't win, you knew that Tua playing injured uh, would be you know, right there as a Heisman front runner. Uh, but, boy, not only getting the win, but putting up 400-and-something total yards of offense, having the game that he had. Um, kind of from start to finish, having the drive at the end, um, the read option keeper, uh, kind of people say that was a Heisman moment. It was kind of just a big play, but I don't even know if we have to circle a Heisman moment, really, Billy, because from game one, when he tore up North, not Northwestern, Georgia Southern in, in week one to kind of some Heisman moments on the road at Texas, obviously third and 17 or whatever it was would be a big one, uh, but he's turned in probably eight to 10 plays that you could circle that were absolutely massive for LSU. And that were a major reason that uh, he is one of the best one of, if not the best players in the country, not just quarterbacks and that LSU is nine and zero. Yeah, just incredible. He's pretty much got the Heisman on lock. LSU certainly has uh, themselves in the driver's seat for the SEC championship game. They would have to have an epic collapse to not make it. So a trip to Atlanta, Pretty much on everybody's schedule, booking flights, all of those things with Ole Miss, Arkansas, and Texas A&M the next three games. Even if LSU loses to one of those teams somehow, they will end up in Atlanta representing the West. So it's a good day to be a Tiger fan. They open as 20-point favorites to Ole Miss on the road Saturday at 6 o'clock. We're going to break down some of the issues on the offensive line that LSU might be facing, 
against the Rebels, who have a really good front front line, one of the teams that can get after the quarterback uh, as good as anyone in the country. So we'll break down more of that and talk a little bit about the potential of a new contract for Joe Brady on the other side of this break from the Go 24-7 podcast. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Welcome back to the Go 24-7 podcast. Thanks for listening. Back here, Billy Embody, Shay Dixon. And Shay, we kind of got some news that I guess we probably should have expected a little bit more of coming into Monday with Sadiq Charles having played against Alabama and knowing that there's a couple, you know, maybe potential coaches' decisions for his status still ahead. Ed Ogeron opened up on the offensive line today and kind of what what things were looking like heading into Ole Miss. He said that Austin Deculus was going to be doubtful and there's going to be some new faces on the offensive line this week for the Tigers. Yeah, I mean, I think that's it has to be right. That has to be one of the bigger storylines going into this game. Um, obviously, we know that people will talk about Orgeron being the coach at Ole Miss and playing them again, but he's been here for a few years. That's not as big a storyline anymore. And when you just go to on the field um, kind of discussion on this game, Orgeron said that Sadiq Charles, uh, LSU's left tackle, is – well. He didn't even say it. He just went right into talking about who actually is going to play, meaning that Charles would not play. Uh, And we know, or we don't know what he did, but we know that he's missed games already, four of them this year, uh, for a violation of team rules. Orgeron hasn't really gone in depth about it, but you can pick your games, right? So we've seen him sit out of um, all of the non-conference games minus Texas, and then he didn't play against Mississippi State, and now he won't play this weekend against Ole Miss. So that's one. Then Austin Deculus, who, what, I think he was hurt twice in the Bama game. He went down with an injury, Billy. Maybe that's right. But um, ended up kind of coming back in and then coming out and then back in. Uh, but Orgeron listed him as doubtful, which if you're saying that on a Monday, it probably means you're not playing. Uh, and then Sadiq Charles' backup at left tackles, Dare Rosenthal, who was not available for Bama. And Orgeron didn't go into any detail, but just said that he would not be available this weekend versus Ole Miss. So, I don't know what your take is, but Orgeron said, look, we're going to try Bedar Traor at right tackle. Or excuse me, he said Bedar Traor at right tackle. They're going to try Adrian McGee at left tackle. I know that he's a bit of a swingman for him. And then obviously putting 
Ed Ingram into McGee's open spot at left guard uh, would be the other move they do. But point being, Billy, they're going to have three of their five starters in the O-line this weekend, at least what we presume will be their starters uh, as of right now, uh, will be guys who normally do not start or at least don't start at that position. Yeah, I think it's a it's a big concern. And uh, look, I'm not trying to overhype this issue that LSU is now facing going into Oxford, but I mean, offensive lines can certainly play a huge role in whether you're going to be able to accomplish whatever you want to accomplish offensively. And they're coming off one of their best performances of the season, even though, you know, Joe Burrow did get sacked five times. But against that defensive front for what a lot of people were expecting Bama to do off the edge, I thought they played excellent, excellent football. And obviously having a 100-yard rusher is pretty rare against Nick Saban. And Clyde Edwards-Elair was able to do it. Joe Burrow added 64 yards even with his sack yardage. So really impressive job by the offensive line. And I'm interested to see how they respond with this adversity because this offense, with what they just did against Alabama, you want to see them continue to click. And there's no reason to say that they're not going to. But now it's going to be something where they're going to have to kind of navigate it, similar to similar to Mississippi State, where where they kind of had to navigate some issues on the offensive line, and and it's just going to be one of those games that's probably not going to be easy uh, right off the start. But I do like them to figure it out and and certainly get creative with how to give Joe Burrow time and get Clyde Edwards-Helaire some space to run and do all of those things because that's just something they've been able to do all year. There's no reason to start doubting them now. Yeah, no, that's a good point too about the Mississippi State game, uh, and then you as you. Uh, as you put it, it might take them a minute to get going in this one. Remember, against State, it wasn't until, what, kind of just before halftime and, and right after halftime where they had their big swing of points. So uh, I'm with you. And, and look, I know Ole Miss has only won four games, but um, what a goal line play to win it against Cal. Got called short. Looked like he scored. That would have been five wins. They didn't play Auburn terribly bad. I mean, their defense was okay in that game. Uh, and I think it's – it's going to be interesting because most people thought Ole Miss would be a four, five, six win team coming into the season. Uh, they're at four right now. They would obviously need to win this game to get to a bowl. That's what a lot of their players are going to be thinking about. And when you're a team like that and the number one team rolls into town uh, and it's Ole Miss LSU, Ole Miss hates LSU, LSU hates Ole Miss, it's like a Super Bowl uh, for the Rebels. And you've got, uh, if you're LSU, and we know that uh, Orgeron's going to drill this into their heads all week, but You've got to understand that, all right, put Bama behind us and that it's still one game at a time because uh, you can be in the driver's seat for the SEC West. You can feel the Heisman and, and the SEC title game inching closer, and uh, you can love that you're ranked number one and, and maybe making the playoffs for the first time, but you got and lose to Ole Miss and, and all that's you know up in the air and, and in jeopardy. So uh, knowing that they're going to be missing two starters, you're both your tackles, uh, and we'll see the health of the rest of the team. Orgeron felt like they were pretty healthy, is what he said. Um, it'll be interesting. Uh, I think this is one of those games where maybe they don't look the same as they have, um, you know, in, in the other nine games until they can actually get into a little groove and find out, uh, as you said, you know, kind of how the offensive line can mesh and, and how you can help uh, your starting running back and, and Burrow and these receivers uh, get into a flow against an, an Ole Miss team that's going to be out for blood. Yeah, and, and Ed Ed talked about it being their Super Bowl outside of the Egg Bowl for sure, and and that makes a ton of sense. And um, I do know Ed treats it somewhat as as a Super Bowl as well. Just uh, that's a game that, and we talked about this on the post game pod, but it's a game that they're always going to get up for, just because. I mean, he doesn't forget, and uh, that was uh, some some pretty rough times there at Ole Miss. But 
obviously he's happy uh, being being at LSU now, but but there's no doubt that every year Ed Ogeron wants to to give it to the Rebels, and 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 I'd assume this Tigers team really wants to come out and make a statement that they're not going to have a letdown or things like that uh, again, at, just after just such a historic win for the team. Somebody that that is having a lot of confidence, I think, boosted after his performance in Tuscaloosa outside of, you know, block PAT, that wasn't necessarily his fault, but that was Cade York. And, and we talked about him a little bit, but Ed Ogeron just really praised him for the job he was able to do kicking those two long field goals in the game. I mean, huge, right? Especially given it seemed they had not been lower on Cade York this year than after the Auburn game, which seems like an eternity ago, but that was the last game else had played before Bama. Uh, and what Billy, they were, 40-something yard field goal, they would turn it down and they were going for it, you know, and they would get to the goal line and turn down a field goal and go for it. And then they, you know, gave him a field goal at one point. He had missed some and he missed an extra point. And it just seemed like, all right, you're going on the road now with your freshman kicker uh, to Bama in a game where points are at a premium. Um, and obviously we're not used to LSU dropping 46 points on Bama, but uh, they only won by what, five points? And he had two 40-something yard field goals and, and a handful of extra points. So uh, he was obviously clutching that one. It reminded me, honestly, of his performance performance uh, against Texas, right? Where in that game, same scenario, it's a shootout. You win by a handful of points and uh, your kicker kicks, what, I think that game, you probably had three 40-plus uh, yard field goals or at least three total field goals. I can't remember it so long ago. But uh, the point remains is that for a freshman in a year where you're replacing arguably the best kicker in the history of the program, certainly the most accomplished uh, in NCAA history. He's got more points than anybody else being uh, Cole Tracy, uh, a pretty good effort by Cade York to, to have the nerves to go into Tuscaloosa in that environment and, and drill the field goals when he was asked to. Yeah. And I, I think Bama's, you know, question marks at, at field goal also played a little bit into how they played out the rest of the game, LSU as well. And, 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 you know, look, uh, special teams have just been uh, really, really strong, I think, for LSU for the most part, outside of the, the punt return for a touchdown by Waddle, but they were in position to make a play on that on that one. And I'm sure they, they want to clean up some things and, and want to have a strong showing against Ole Miss. Um, Shay, I think the, the one thing we really need to discuss, and it, it came out Saturday night after the game that LSU was in discussions with Joe Brady to extend him and his contract and keep him in Baton Rouge and pay him a pile of money and rightfully so, with what he's been able to do with this offense. Ed Ogeron today talked about it, said that, look, that's going to happen. We're going to be competitive and trying to keep his guys. And somebody kind of put it similar to the way LSU kept Dave Aranda after Texas A&M wanted him. I think this is something that's just going to be handled after the season. And, and I think that's the right approach to take with it. I don't think anybody – this isn't the NFL or you're not, you're not professional you know, football players or professional – I mean, you're pro- – a pro coach or whatever, but there's there's no reason to be handing out contra- contract extensions midseason and doing things like that. Yeah, or at least not talking about any of it for sure because you're 9-0. You've got a good thing going with Inswinger and Brady right now. You've got a great recruiting class. Um, no need to talk about what the future is going to be or, or will be, but uh, I think you and I, and, and we've talked about this on the board, and it seems like most of the board uh, kind of all agrees that um, you know, wouldn't shock us if Insmere was nearing the end of his coaching career and, and for his own uh, decision, right? I, I mean, even when he took the OC job, he said, didn't really want it. I'm just here, you know, I love LSU. I played quarterback here. Orgeron feels like I'm the man for the job and, and I'll take it. 
uh, and he's obviously served him well, and, and him and Brady seem to be doing really well together. Uh, obviously, Brady had never even been a college uh, assistant uh, at the FBS level uh, before this year, and now he's got nine games under his belt. He's been able to sit next to Insmere, who's called plays for a long time, um, you know, whether it was just at LSU or uh, or in his past. He's, he's obviously been a coordinator, so uh, I think you soak up a lot of that knowledge. He's been around Sean Payton and and – Carmichael and all the guys that were with the Saints and and obviously Joe Moorhead and, and his time at Penn State. So, you know, Brady gets it. You, you know, he's probably got a feel for things. It wouldn't shock, shock us if he's LSU's next offensive coordinator. I think the big debate will become, and I don't know if it's one we have now or just down the road one day, uh, but I'm not as worried, or if I'm an LSU fan, I wouldn't be as worried that, oh, some school is going to come scoop Joe Brady and, you know, y'all, you know, they're going to get outbid for him. I think it would be more of a thing of does he go want to go back to the NFL one day, given that the NFL is just so different than college for a coach when it's not 365, you don't recruit. Uh, it's a lot more of just football, obviously. You're not worrying about what kids' grades are or if they're in trouble or um, kind of going out on the road and recruiting. It's just game planning and, and football season. So that'll be – look, we don't get to talk to Joe Brady. We don't talk to anybody but Orgeron uh, in terms of the coaching staff, but – uh, I think that would be the question uh, that ultimately gets answered one day is that is he want to be kind of in college football for a while now, now that he's made this sort of initial splash or uh, does he have different end goals? Is it the NFL? And I don't know. I, I'm just uh, I can only speculate at this point, but that's kind of my gut feeling is if I'm an LSU fan, I'm not worried if, oh, God, is so and so from this team going to come hire him to, and then we're going to have to play him or we're not going to have him. I think it would just be more of, hey, do you want to be with LSU or do you want to be in the NFL? Yeah, and I, I think, you know, at some point it, it's more likely than not that eventually I think Joe Brady would go to the NFL. I do think he's going to continue to develop as a play caller and, and all of those things here at the college level at LSU and and then maybe get back to it. I mean, you never know how coaches and, – and that's for anybody on LSU staff eventually. Maybe they don't want to recruit right. around or – they get a better opportunity or feel like they can go to the NFL and have more success. I mean, and it works both way, both ways. There are guys in the NFL that maybe want to be back in college um, and, and not, you know, have it be such a business or dealing with professional athletes making millions of dollars, just like there are, there are coaches that maybe don't want to deal with 18 to 23 year old kids. So, um, or young men. So it's just (laughs) young men, kids, same thing. I mean, some of them are young men, some of them are kids. Some and, of them are kids. Uh, uh, so, look, it, it, it's, it's nothing really to worry about, though. I mean, I, I, I think the, the, report, the reports, multiple, coming out after the game say it all. LSU is going to pony up the cash to keep Joe Brady. I think he's going to stay at LSU, and he's going to stay for the foreseeable future. And um, I don't think one year sitting side-by-side side with Steve Ensminger calling plays is going to have somebody at the NFL level, especially – wanting Tim to just come in and revamp their offense. And, you know, it took, I mean, it took Cliff Kingsbury a long time of, of proven he can you know, develop quarterbacks and, and have a successful offense to have him, you know, be, be an NFL coach now. And Lincoln Riley, even when they were putting up tons of points of, at East Carolina, nobody was sitting there wanting him to be an NFL OC. And then he does it at you know, uh, Oklahoma and they, they want him. And, but, but he wasn't wanted as an OC at Oklahoma to go be a, offensive coordinator in the, in the NFL. So anyway, long story short, I think LSU's got a, got a good thing going with Joe Brady. I think Joe Brady knows that. And uh, I would expect him to be extended eventually in the offseason. So 
with that, I think it's a good stopping point for us, Shay. Uh, a quick reminder, guys, once again, check it out. Two months for the price of just a buck gets you VIP access to go 24-7 for the rest of really the year. And it carries you through the college football playoff. And I think you would just be shy of a national championship game uh, timing-wise as far as your dollar, making your dollar out, go all the way to the national championship game. So that's if uh, LSU does indeed make it, make it that far. But we're going to have you guys covered. Tons of recruiting info going on on the board as well. A lot of crystal ball picks. I mean, Shay and I are kind of dropping them like, like candy lately. Yeah, we're going to run out of spots here. We, that's why we're, I, I almost wonder, should we be spacing these out? But uh, when we get good news, we try to deliver good news, or at least when we feel that good news uh, could be on the horizon. So, yeah, a dollar, a dollar. It's not that much to spend, guys. I mean, you get two months, like you said, all the way up to the national championship through basketball and football signing day. Um, no reason not to, not to try it. Go ahead and, go ahead and spend your buck. And we appreciate everybody that has already. So with that, guys, wrapping up the podcast. Hope you guys have a great rest of the week. Continue to enjoy LSU's win over Alabama. We'll be back later in the week with more podcasts, breaking down LSU Ole Miss, and, and certainly any uh, recruiting news that pops off. Be sure to stick to the site as the early signing period does begin Wednesday for basketball. So with that, guys, have a great rest of the week, and thanks for listening. Should you ever set foot outside of the hotel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. Only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan.